Ladies and gentlemen, do you sometimes wonder if growth is really possible for you? Have you ever felt like you're hitting a rock bottom in your life? If these are questions that you ask yourself, I have good news for you. Wherever you are in your journey, no matter how stuck you feel, you have a path forward. Stay tuned for this podcast. We're going to explore a new path forward in our Torah journey. Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. In his monumental work, Addictive Thinking, Rabbi Abraham Torsky delves into the mind of the addict, and he describes the self-delusion that can sometimes plague people. He relates the story of a highly successful CEO, but this man's addiction to alcohol grew over time, and it caused him to lose everything, his job, his career, his marriage, his home, and even his car. And he just couldn't believe how far he had plummeted, though He couldn't really come to grips with the cause of his travails. He spent many a night crying into his mug of beer, fantasizing that some important company would come along and offer him a job. Well, he eventually entered a rehab, but even in a halfway house, he still nursed fantasies of his own grandiosity. And then came a turning point when he was finally able to overcome his self-delusion. This former CEO called Mel recalls the moment this way. I was standing outdoors, he says, with my hands in my pockets. Removing the contents from my right pocket, I found that I had 12 cents and a trouser button. Then I felt my left pocket, and suddenly it hit me. I had no keys. I didn't own anything that I needed a key for. No apartment, no office, no car. Rabbi Torsky concludes, not until that moment, After years of self-delusion, did he accept the reality of where his addiction led him to? The Masilis Yasharim explains that the nature of the Yetzer, the evil inclination, is to blind a person, blind the intellect, bring us down a long path of of destruction. But if the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination, blinds us, what is our path towards having the vision that we need in life to achieve our deepest spiritual goals? We'll get back to that question, but before we do, let's have a look at the downward spiral that our evil inclination can cause. Rashi notes that the opening mitzvot of our parsha, Kitetse, offer us a glimpse of the potential downward spiral. First, we have the Eshet Yafet Toar, the mitzvah related to how to marry that beautiful captive of war, which is basically understood as a concession to the Yetzer. In a situation of war, people have little control over themselves. And that's why we were given some parameters to deal with the situation. But while we're given these parameters, still, when a person takes the beautiful captive, he's building a marriage based on desperation and lust. And so following the beautiful captive comes a mitzvah to give the son his rightful inheritance even if his mother is the hated of a man's two wives. And here Rashi elaborates that this hated wife is no one else 
than the ancient Yafat Toar, the beautiful captive. Since the husband began the marriage based on lust, he will have no lasting love for his wife, and he'll eventually come to hatred. And then, finally, we meet the ben Sorer Umore, the wayward and rebellious son who is his own more, that is, he teaches himself his own path. The rabbis teach us that this son is the product of the dysfunctional marriage that we just read about. A marriage that is built on lust will eventually produce children who are directionless and just consumed with their own addictions. In fact, a careful reading of the verses of the Bensorumora Parsha is really suggestive of this marital discord between the parents. The Torah relates that when these two parents show up to the court, they inform the, the based in the court, He doesn't listen to our voice, suggesting our voice, that they speak together in one voice. That's the perspective of the parents. But if you back up a few verses, the Torah related, He did not listen to the voice of his father or to the voice of his mother. This contrast in perception and presentation is a subtle hint that while the parents think they are speaking in one voice, in reality, they are speaking with two separate voices. In any case, these first three mitzvot illustrate the downward spiral of the Yetzer. First, a person concedes to the Yetzer and builds a marriage based on lust. And you'd think the Hollywood marriage would be filled with bliss. It won't. Lust just doesn't last. Instead, there's going to be enmity and and dysfunction in the home. Marriage has to be built on true recognition and valuing of the other person. And finally, the people who are raised in this dysfunctional environment will lack any direction in their lives. Now, we also see this downward spiral within the life of the Ben Sorer Umora himself. This rebellious son is someone who acts in a dangerous way. He steals from his parents, he's utterly gluttonous in his consumption of meat and wine. But still the Gemara asks, well, why is the Torah so harsh on him? Doesn't it seem a little bit extreme that he should be liable for capital punishment? The Gemara explains the technical requirements to become a Bensorer Umora are so severe that we are looking at a person so immersed in their lust that eventually they will become liable to death. That's because, you know, it's sort of like an addict. In their end, they're going to need to steal and even murder to maintain their habits. And so in this very, very far out case, we save the person before they get there, so to speak. Now, while the vast majority of addicts could and should go to therapy, this particular Ben Sower Mora, who's so extreme, has kind of gotten to what we would call a point of no return. It's so extreme, in fact, that the Talmud records an opinion that an actual case of Ben Sora Umora, the wayward and rebellious son, never arose in Klai Yisrael. It never happened in the Jewish people. The Torah is describing a law, but it never actually came to be. But if that's the case, why would the Torah advance a law that in the end would have no practical application? The Gemara answers, Drosh v'kabel schar. The Torah is teaching us this so that we will learn this Parsha and receive a reward. 
on a simple level, that would mean seem to mean, okay, there was never Ben Sora Mora, but at least here's a few more verses in the Torah for us to learn. On a deeper level, the reward is in the lessons from the life of this Ben Sora Mora, which is described, including included the fact that he was so extreme. Because while this wayward and rebellious son described is at a point of no return, the rest of us, all of us that is, we can find a way forward. The extreme is when you cannot. Most people, all people, have it within them to go forward. Once the Chavetz Chaim, or Yisrael Mayor Kagan, was traveling in Russia, and he, he came to an inn, and he met a, a former Jewish soldier from the Tsar's army. And this man had no apparent attachment to Judaism. And the Chavetz Chaim actually saw him ravenously gobbling up his goose meat and his whiskey. And the Chavetz Chaim started talking to the innkeeper, and he learned about this man. And pretty soon, he went over to the soldier and he remarked to him as follows, Is it really true that as a small boy you were snatched away and dragged off with other children to the far ends of Siberia? You weren't allowed to learn a single letter of Torah. You went through nightmares and torture. Those men tried to convert you. Even though they must have forced you to eat pork, you remained a Jew. You never left your amuna, your faith. How fortunate I would be if I had your merit. This was a simple soldier. And he heard the Chavetz Chaim's words. And as he did so, he began to weep. He kissed the old rabbi's hand and the Chavetz Chaim saw this person and he realized that even a person who on the surface is so consumed with their ravenous desire, they really can be connected in a very, very deep way. After 25 years of Gehenna, this soldier who had been snatched from his Jewish home, who had been tortured, never really left his Jewish roots. And as such, he still had the potential to connect to Hashem and to, the, and to his Torah. And that's the potential within, within all of us. We do have this yetzer, this urge, but we also have an eternal connection to the Torah. The Gemara teaches us, Barasi Barasi I created the Yetzer and I've created its antidote, the Torah. The Torah is a great source of light in the world and in our lives. When we cling to the Torah, it has the power to illuminate our eyes, to help us overcome the blindness of the Yetzer. That light within the Torah brings us back to the good. The Midrash in Devarim Rava comments, Barkapara said the soul in the Torah compared to a flame. Of the soul it is written, Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam. The flame of Hashem is the soul of a, of a man. Of the Torah it is written, Ki Ner Mitzvah Torah Or. The mitzvah is a flame, and the Torah is light. The Holy One, blessed be He, said to man, My flame, the Torah, is in your hands, and your flame, your soul, is in my hands. If you take care of my flame, the Torah, I'll take care of your flame, the soul. This Midrash teaches us that there's a reciprocal relationship between the Torah and the soul. The light within our neshama enables us to connect to the light of God and His Torah. The light of the Torah, in turn, infuses our soul with more light. The more that a person connects with the Torah, the more they're able to access the light. The neshama becomes strengthened and can access more light of the Torah. 
and the continuing building relationship between the soul and the Torah is what enables us to see even amidst the darkness of this world. And we can all connect to the, to the light. Even if we struggle with sin, we all have a great connection to God and to his Torah. The Mishnah states that a Torah student is like a mayan hamiskaber, a spring that strengthens. Reb Chaim Velazhner explains that a person who learns Torah is like a spring. In this world, a spring pumps even when the mud of the ground covers it, and so too with our spiritual life. As long as the fresh waters of Torah are pumping, it will cleanse the impurities, giving energy and perspective and the vision that we need to have in our lives. That's the important thing about the Torah. It gives us the vision we need. And so during these days of Elul, remember this, no matter who you are, there's a light inside your soul. That light enables you to connect to the light of the Torah. And whether you study daily Mishnah or learn Chumash or Daf Yomi, whether you read an English book or whether you listen to a podcast, you can make this connection. And we need the connection. Our Neshama can connect to the Torah and our lives need the guidance of the Torah. So chazak v'yamatz, be strong and be strengthened. And through your personal connection with Torah, may you be like a mayan hamet kaber, a spring that strengthens. Thank you for joining us for the Torah Journey podcast. We'll be back next week, so make sure to check us out. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact me at rabbibrodkin at gmail.com. Again, that's rabbibrodkin at gmail.com. This podcast can be found in all the podcast outlets, so make sure to download, comment, and share it with your friends. Be strong and be strengthened.